All right, you want to do the clap? Yes. Okay. <laughs> are, you, are you ready? One, two, three. Beautiful. All right. Hi, welcome to A Rockstar Sucks. My name is Carl Kuhn. Um, you may know me from my various music projects, Museum Mouth, Say Anything, and also my solo endeavors uh, under the name Gay Meat. Also, shout out new Gay Meat single, March 1st. So oh. get ready for that. I know. I'm ending, I'm marking this as the end of my singles era, and then I'm going to actually finish my fucking record. So okay. I'll try not to drop all of my music on March 1st because, you know... <laughs> People are really competing over gay meat and my ambient shit. I mean, whatever. Let the statistics see what. Let's just. We'll let the numbers speak for themselves. I have been working on a lot of music, though. So. Yeah. I. Going back and editing the pod, I was like, wait, I wonder what song Becca is covering that has a C chord in it. (laughs) And she won't tell me. Literally any fucking song. Um, Every song. Yeah, no, so that's fun. Oh, I should introduce myself. Um, Yeah, who the hell are you? My name is Becca High, and I would like to point out that today revealed on Nylon Magazine's cover was Phoebe Bridgers with the same hair color that I dyed my hair at the very beginning of this month. (laughs) Oh my god, so you're officially an orange peach hair influencer. You know, what everyone's going to be doing it now. And I just want to say this and have this on record that I did it first. We will be dropping the receipts. Don't worry. Wow. Okay. This is so exciting. Wow. A contentious ep of the pod today. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, the two of us are gathered here on Zoom to discuss a little album called Portamento by a band called The Drums. Now, this is the band's sophomore album and personally, my absolute favorite. Really? Out of all of yeah. them? Out of all of them. I thought for a little while after Abysmal Thoughts came out, I thought maybe that was my favorite. But this record is just like, wow. it's just so good. Huh. What about you? Um, It's not my favorite. Um, I think it's better than the one before this, which the self-titled. I mean, we could talk about in the future, but I was being selfish and wanted to talk about this album because I like it more. Okay, um, T, like that reasoning. I I don't know. I feel I'm trying to like think of the albums. I feel like he's always releasing singles now. Yeah, he's a singles artist as of 2020. Um, I don't. I it's I think a later album is my favorite. I can't say f- for sure which one, but I know it's further down the line. Okay, interesting. Well, that is neither here nor there. That is just conjecture, libel, and slander um, from our own perspectives and points of view. But okay, so basically this record came out um, September 13th, 2011. I was freshly 21 years old. I feel like that probably has a lot to do with this record resonating so hard with me. It was just amazing timing in my Mm -hmm. life. Yeah. I associate this record with 
the time in my life that was going off to college and mm -hmm. honestly listening to this album just reminds me of living in savannah oh okay well hopefully that's happy memories oh hell yeah the best <laughs> oh, memories yeah. the best uh, that is a serve. um i remember becca this is some fun trivia for the two of us for our world building um i remember we were working together at our coffee shop job the day that money the first single from this record premiered online and i remember listening to it on my phone in the back closet room i feel like i remember that too i remember it starting just being like oh Oh, and then the little synth, like the little piano, like percussion-y hits would come in. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Next to that shelf that had the piece of tape on it that said, stop knifing this shelf. Oh my God. Oh, memories. Yeah, they're sick. Um, but okay, what about, what? okay, so you're saying you, you associate this record with when you went off to college. Yeah, I feel like. My first year of living in Savannah, I listen also driving to and from Savannah, like from Bolivia to Savannah, vice versa. I always listen to this album. This record was one, um, you know, whenever you get like a new piece of technology, I guess nowadays be like when you get like your nowadays, you when you get like a new iPhone, they're like always like if you're like a huge avid music fan, you're not doing like the whole streaming thing. There's always like a couple records you like would put on like a new iPod or like a new phone or any sort of like thing like that. Yes, no, this is not. This doesn't hit with you. Okay, because no, on my phone, I never have enough space, so I just okay. use that makes complete sense. Platforms. Well, this was one of like three albums that every time I got a new piece of tech, I'd always be like, "Well, I gotta put this album on there" because I deeply, deeply love this record. I think it's so good, and it flies by. I didn't realize it was forty-five minutes, but it feels like the shortest listen ever. Hmm. I disagree, but. Oh my god, I'm so interested to hear your takes on this. <laughs> this is already, I'm so surprised. Do you know what a portamento is? I, I actually knew what a portamento was before this album. What was um, Because I had... Oh no, go well, ahead, sorry. I was going to say, I had a, I had a Korg MS-2000 that had like a portamento setting where you could change the time it would take for you to get from one note to another. I will say I didn't realize until yesterday that it opens with the portamento. The very first sound um, you hear oh, is... wow. Yeah, I never thought about that. I was just thinking that makes a great UI sound. Um. <laughs> what, the, the boo whip? Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, about Portamento, wasn't that the name of the sandwich at our coffee shop with the roast beef? Oh, what was that no, called? It's called a um, Portofino. Oh! <laughs> called the portofino that's so oh my funny. god okay. meat sand okay um, wow jesus christ just southport things um okay do you want to dive in let's dive in uh pitchfork gave oh wait it that's right reviews <laughs> one day I'll um i don't it. have much to say in terms of reviews pitchfork gave it a 7.4 and they don't actually really talk about the album in that review they talk more about the drama surrounding the band and the and albums. the band's buzz, the band's butts, buzz, buzz. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry to interrupt. I think that was honestly epic, though. So, what do you, There's listener? She's swatting. 
She's swatting at the air. I guess I got it. Anyways, um, they also, the review just talks about their obsession with mortality as well. But, um, uh, what was I gonna, uh, there's like more info I could go into about how the album title has a deeper meaning for Pierce. As he describes Jacob and I meeting as young boys with a shared love for Kraftwerk and Anything Box and Wendy Carlos. And these were all synth pioneers and a common feature on old analog systems was Portamento, like you mentioned. Um, And this album said, I think our bond is kind of fragile and probably on the verge of breaking up pretty constantly and I say that seriously and jokingly at the same time I mean knowing what we know now about this band and what their trajectory post this record looks like um, I think that there was a good level of self-awareness in um, recognizing this band's dynamic and um, I think the Pitchwork Review highlights a lot about Johnny Pierce's ego and how it is the driving force behind this project which in that review, it feels kind of like um, almost rude. It feels like kind of shitty to just be like focusing on that over how expertly crafted these songs are. But um, I mean, when you're driving the ship, you're driving the ship. Like you can't fault the man for driving the ship, I don't think so. Speaking from experience. Yeah, unfortunately, literally, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Okay, wow. All right, let's dive into the track listing, shall we? Yeah. Wait, actually, um, I do want to say another thing. This record coming out when I was freshly 21 and talking about all this um, morbid talk of mortality that the lyrics ahead of us deal with, I feel like that's like perfect timing for like that junction in your life. Like getting into like, or I guess for someone in 2011, like a 21 year old in 2011 like focusing on like the morbidity of life and mortality in general and just the overdramatic ness of emotions in that era in time. I think that that is, I think that exacerbates the fact that this record hit me like a ton of bricks. What? Do you know what sign Johnny Pierce is? Let's look it up. (laughs) I'm curious. If he's a Leo, I'm going to kill myself. He's a Libra. Interesting. Hmm. That is interesting. I feel like the Libras in my life would be mad that I didn't recognize him as being a Libra, but maybe his rising is something psychotic. He doesn't seem like a Libra. I was going to guess he was either a Gemini or mm-hmm. an Aquarius. Oh, interesting. Watch his rising be Gemini and his moon is Aquarius or something. Uh, okay, track one. <laughs> oh, it's, it's Becca's podcast now. I'm Book of Chuck Liver. <laughs> Book. Oh, wait. Did you have like more to say about his zodiac? Did no. you assume he was anything? I assumed he was a fire sign because I really truly relate to his arc as a songwriter um, and also his perspective as a songwriter. I. I see a lot of myself in him. I am drawn to this band largely because I feel like he and I function very similarly. He's also one of the first like 
like very like flamboyantly gay frontman that I was like even before he like came out like in the press or whatever it was always like I was drawn to that energy and um, have always tried to channel that part of myself and use him to make it to justify it does that make sense I feel like I'm talking about this like an absolute lunatic but I really like this man and I like his band why are you so, so obsessed with him okay literally <laughs> why are you so obsessed all right <laughs> <laughs> Book of Revelation track one. As we said, it opens with a little portamento. We're jumping from one little note to another note. We get this beautiful sound effect. Um, Becca, how do you feel about this song? Uh, I I like this song. It It's so funny listening back to these songs and how the meaning changes now that, like, how, like 10 years later. Truly. Like... I don't know. I feel uh, it, we'll get more into that. But um, as a whole on this song, the instrumentation doesn't really change up that much. It's just like the same two chords with the same like three bass notes and the drums and the tambourine <laughs> are doing the same thing the whole time. But they come, uh-huh. they're really good at coming in and out of the song so perfectly mm-hmm. that it isn't boring. Um, and there's like little synth accents and his little backing vocals and claps and snaps that add to the texture. Um, yeah. Johnny Pierce is a chorus writer. He writes amazing choruses. And uh, I think that this is a great opening track, if not solely for the fact that it literally opens with, oh, let it begin, let it begin, let it begin. <laughs> like, where else could you put this song on the record? Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, we've got some lyrics about um, some homophobia due to the church, which is always a relatable um, concept. Uh, let's see. It's about atheism. I- now, I've seen the world and there's no heaven and there's no hell. The pre-chorus spells it out right there for you. Mm-hmm. I See, I, yeah, I agree. I think musically a lot of these songs um, don't... It's It suffers from the Arcade Fire thing that we were complaining about where, like, the songs are so similar verse to chorus. It's like nothing really has changed. But I think that Johnny Pierce is a smart enough and the people he's collaborating with on this record are smart enough to know that, like, if you're going to have a song that is musically three minutes of the same thing, like, you need to make sure that your melodies... And intensity kind of change and he does a really great job of that it's very strong pop songwriting yeah he also knows like when to bring in like i was saying it's not all of the instruments at the same time throughout yeah it's like, you don't get that auxiliary tambourine the second the yeah. song starts you get it in the pre-chorus um it looks like with that painting, it looks like you're like a YouTuber with like the little. Uh, Is that the album cover in the background? Like, whatchamacallit, like upper third uh, thing. Green screen. Know. Oh, I'm streaming. I'm streaming. Yeah. <laughs> I'm streaming a beautiful beach painting behind me right now, listeners. <laughs> yeah, this okay. is our first It Rocks or It Sucks Goes Remote. I'm doing this from. Goes remote? <laughs> We've been yeah, we're remote. remote. <laughs> I don't think we're remote. I personally work out of a big, beautiful studio. Oh, my God. And you're there, well, too. Um, <laughs> soon enough, we'll be closer. Oh, Tivana, Tivana, Tivana. Okay. The bridge, you can love them, you can hate them, you never wrong them, so you don't owe them. I remember the first time hearing that, I was like, wow, powerful. 
Mm-hmm. That's like the mantra. Mm-hmm. So good. So, so, so good. Um, wow. I don't know if I have much else to say about the song. I will say um, every coffee shop job I've ever had after our initial coffee shop job together, this song would play in them and I, it would always bring me peace. The song follows me and I love this song. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Book of Revelation fucking rocks. Um, I believe that when we die, we die. So let me love you tonight. <laughs> and it rocks. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Track two is a song called Days. Wow, this song. Ooh. Um, <laughs> God, I love this song. This song is, it's a perfect song. It truly is it was it's mm, yeah it's probably my favorite song on this album always has been um what do you want to say about this i don't even really know where to begin i will say this song is jarringly long to me especially for this band at the time but uh it's so beautiful that it's just one of the songs you could play on loop for days (laughs) days <laughs> <Nuggets ago. laughs> this song uh i was like listening to this album as a whole i'm just like wow what a great album to sit and listen to and think about all of your past relationships mm, becky no let's not go there but oh, we need I'm to go there because that's <laughs> This record is so incredibly that. It's like relationships I had, relationships I wanted to have, relationships that could have been something more. There's a song for every horrible feeling. Yeah. Um and good feeling, but mostly horrible feeling. Yeah, this uh this song you can appropriate this for your own narrative. So you can apply it to like past relationships, family relationships, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh this song is such a mood. <laughs> the song is mood and bay and also goals. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the second verse lyrics are like literally if there was if you could sum up a museum if you could sum up museum mouth in four lines it's and I could have been your brother I could have been your sister I'd be your twin brother I just wanted to be like that's like the sense of longing in those four mm-hmm. lines is like what I have been chasing my whole life in my musical endeavors I think. Yeah, those three guitar notes with his vocal melody are so beautiful. It's like (sighs) that whistly synth tone in the chorus, that percussive-ish guitar. They they love to do a single string melody. They love, and you know who also loves to do a single string melody? Carl. It's me, Carl. bitch. Y'all, it's, it's me. Carl. I'm going to try to not make this whole app about me, but... Um, uh, we were just wasting time. It's so good. And our days I feel like goodbye, did... and I never needed you. Yeah. Also... This song is credited as having, sorry, I know, wow. We're like, we're out of sync today, but I'm like fine with that. I think this song being written by Johnny Pierce and Connor Hanwick is a really cool, interesting thing. I'd love to know exactly who contributed what, um, because I think Connor is an amazing songwriter. We got to work with him. I got to work with him a little bit at my last uh, record label job, and he's 
very talented so he is the he plays the drums i think he played a couple different things um you'd see like live vids of this band when they were a four piece and he would play guitar and then you'd see live vids of this band when they were a three piece and he would play drums but also i'm under the impression that the drums the actual like drum set sounds on this record are all fake yeah they which sound. is ironic since yeah <laughs> Ironic since the band's called The Drums, but... Right. Yeah, I'm under the impression the that they're drums, all like The Drums, The Drums. <laughs> okay, this is now a Ting Ting's review. Oh, my... I was, like, trying to think of that. <laughs> we oh, gotta wow. do that record at some oh, point. Oh, my time. God. Holy I can already hear Graham screaming. <laughs> um, Graham fucking hates the Ting Tings. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay, Becca, I in general I think the song is absolutely blissful. It's melancholic, but it is so hopeful. It's sad, but it's not saying go kill yourself. It's like <laughs> it's just a perfect song. Oh, perfect. Uh yeah. Should have listened to this this morning. I was like, give me a reason to live right now. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. <Becky>, no. <laughs> I hate um, when you're in that headspace. Mm, well, if only you knew. <laughs> Tell me, Queen. Uh, this, this is going to be one of those we chop 45 minutes out of the pod. <laughs> 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 I, <love it. laughs> I spilled all my tea already. Did you? It's just about unemployment shit and money. Oh, okay. I and got then, scared like, for a second. You were talking about spilling physical tea. I was going to be like, <laughs> well, damn, clean it up. Uh, as you sip your tea. Frog sips tea and it's unsweet. Nah. Um, the song is beautiful. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, Amazing song. I think this song fucks. I think it. God damn it! <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, the song rocks. Hell yeah! Okay, track three is a song called "What You Were." Becca, how do you feel about this song? There's theremin in it. Mm-hmm. That's all I care about. I love. Is this the song? I like looking at the track listing. I am having a hard time. Does this song have a uh, saxophone? Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Okay, this song. So famously, this song is rumored to be about um, the member that left after the first record, whose name is Adam Kessler. Uh, it kind of reads in like a really, um, it's a little itchy, but I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. He um, said, uh, Johnny said that it's a goodbye song, but it's not sentimental. It's not sad. It's more of an angry sort of thing, like feeling betrayed. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Genius annotations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, following this band, I loved this band when this record came out. I was so excited to be like, absorbing a new record um, as it was getting released by them. And I was following all this drama as it was unfolding with the first record and into this record. And I remember they they did like a, they, remember they would do like the drums, vi- was it called like drum vision or portamento vision or whatever, where they'd post the little vids on their website? Oh yeah. 
I don't remember. There was the... Remember the one that had the deer? That's uh, that's not this song, but there was like one where they're like in a bedroom and there's like a fake deer. No. There was like a lot of goofy... There was like some really funny, uh, I would say like WandaVision-esque uh, cinematography going on with this band around this time. But they did like one for this song where they like played the song front to back before the record came out. And like you get to see like someone playing saxophone. I feel like... I have this weird feeling that it was like someone's dad and like one of the band members' dads playing saxophone. It's very cool. It's very but that was just my yes. I love this song. God, that theremin is so good. Also, (laughs) and it just like both those notes were wrong. Melody. Uh, Mm. I'm not even gonna attempt it. But this really try it. Perfect pitch. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. La 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 la. That was gorgeous. Um, but the song really highlights how he uses his voice like an instrument, like an extra instrument. Like he's mm-hmm. he's so good at just being like instead of transcribing this little melody little stuff on an instrument i'm just gonna sing it yeah 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 he is so crafty with the vocal melodies they're always fun and when he does like the jump from like his like normal like what would you say like soprano range into like the high falsetto stuff i'm always like oh it takes my breath away um i love this uh quote by Jacob Graham. He played the What did Jacob Graham say? He said that um, reverb in general has played a major role in their sound. If reverb didn't exist, we wouldn't have bothered trying to start a band, which <laughs> I stan. <laughs> yes, I also adore <laughs> reverb. I actually kicked Graham out of Museum Up because he said he hated reverb. He was sick of it. What? reverb. <laughs> <laughs> wow. uh, that's actually not true but he did say that and then he did leave the band shortly after so um you listeners make up your own timeline but i will say i sorry to cut you off i know jacob graham is the no, synthesizer player in this band but famously as with every other member of this band you can find videos of him playing guitar and playing a bunch of other stuff does so. johnny play any instruments I, on record, I think on record, yes, especially now. Um, nowadays, it's like he's driving the ship more or less alone. But uh, never, I've never seen, I've never seen him play anything live. I don't think. Yeah, me neither. Have you seen them live? I have. I saw them in DC once, and it was so. It was on tour for Abysmal Thoughts, and it was one of the most fun nights of my whole gay little life. What year was that? Twenty. 17? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I saw them on the same tour out here. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah, hell yeah, mm-hmm. hell yeah. Yeah, but... Wow. Uh, it's one of those bands that I was like... I I don't know. It was just, like, kind of boring because I knew, like, he just kind of stands on stage and, like... Does a little shimmy and dance. Just sings and, like... I feel like it's not it's not the most flashy show in the world, but like if you stand the songwriting, they are a good live band 
for that. Like if you're just there to like experience 45 minutes worth of like the band slaying these amazing songs, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Becca, you hate this band. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Becca, you hate that I love this band so much. <laughs> Why? I I love this band. I just like, there's such a like mystery. Like I really wonder how the songwriting processes and like who actually does what whereas i think yeah i don't know i feel like johnny is leading the ship yeah but it's like what like what does he actually do (laughs) you know like i know he like is king of vocal melodies and like all of that shit but like I just feel like there's more credit due for other members. Yeah, I would say so too. But also then there's weird stuff where like um, later on in this band's discography on Encyclopedia, the closing track, Wild Geese, that song is like entirely credited to just Jacob, which makes it seem like if, if all the members were doing more before then, that they would get credited like, that is that weird to say i know when you look at portamento on the wiki um like connor has a bunch of writing credits on songs jacob does too um but then there are a couple songs that are just johnny pierce where it's like okay how much did he do on those alone like did he write every part of it you never know yeah because it's on it it says uh I think on the wiki, they credit him for only, like, vocals and drums. Oh, yeah, they do. But, I mean, who knows? They credit Miles Matheny for guitar and bass, but he doesn't have any writing credits. That's so... I wonder... (laughs) I wonder if it's, like... Just, I wonder if like a project file for a demo song of Johnny Pierce's is just like him making all the instruments. That's what I was thinking. That's <laughs> like honestly that, <laughs> that Epa reply all where the guy like recreates the song like oh all in God, Premiere Pro yes. and it's like doom 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 doom. Yeah, that's on it. That's where my mind goes. I'm like, I think. Whereas I do that. Like I feel like most musicians do that but then they transfer that to onto an instrument whereas he's just like listen to this here now play it (laughs) yeah (laughs) you you transcribe these notes yeah (laughs) that's so funny also now that i'm down here like looking at the track listing on the wiki you can see all the reviews to the right of that and this record is low-key panned in some places the Guardian giving it two out of five stars. Yeah, the Observer giving um, it two out of five stars. I also, reading the wiki led me to believe they were British for a hot second and had me questioning <laughs> everything. I was like, wait, is Johnny British? But that's just because, like, they were more popular in the UK. Yeah, they're popular in, like... um in places that are not the U.S. I know, I feel like <laughs> once a year, they like, <laughs> that sentence is so, the, I, the reading level of that sentence is so incredibly low. But I feel like once a year, they play those huge festivals in like Mexico and like Brazil and stuff. They like mm-hmm. play those like gigantic festivals. I'm like, whoa. Do people, it's been a while, but 
Uh, do people still comment on like musicians' Instagrams that just Brazil. say like "Come to Brazil"? <laughs> I, there's like that's like a whole thing I've like I've experienced with drag queens in the last few years, where they're like are always talking about "Come to Brazil." Like I think that meme is alive and well with drag queens. Wow. I know Katya just released a song called "Come in Brazil," but um. Wow. Okay. Never mind. We're incredibly off top peak. Um, I think what you were <laughs> is an amazing song. I think it rocks. To me, it's kind of like the most like rock, rock, capital R song on this record. Becca, do you think it rocks? Sorry, I was like still reading the lyrics <laughs> as if there's like that much variation. As if you guys can say as if it doesn't repeat three to four times. Um. Yeah. No. The song rocks. Okay, slay. All right, track four is a song called Money. First single off this record, famously, again, Becca and I listened to this at our coffee shop job the day it premiered. Becca, how do you feel about Miss Money? There's zero genius annotation for the song, which makes sense because it's pretty straightforward. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I feel like no more straightforward lyrics have ever been written. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, that synth tone that comes in that kind of sounds like Law and Order, like the <laughs> like that shit scares me. It sounds so scary. The percussive synth. The yeah, boom. yeah. I love it. That's it's so funny. So you don't like it. It sounds so scary to me. It's Becca's so like crying. It's so Becca's in a haunted house when she listens to the song. And that's like it Yeah. But um yeah, no, the melody the vocal melody is so absurd. But I feel like it's a play <laughs> on the song itself because of how funny but like relatable it is in terms of the subject matter. Um, and also, the song is really fast, and this was basically me this past Christmas telling everyone I want to buy you something, but I don't have any money. This is me every year on Christmas. I like, oh my god, I'm the cheapest queen notes of man. Um, I think this song is this song is borderline hilarious to me because it feels like all the successful ideas from the first record, but just like on Adderall. (laughs) 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 It's like, let's take like a little one string, like guitar part where we're gonna make it 220 BPM. It's like, we'll get a little bass hook, we'll do it the whole time. Yeah. It's nuts. And you're right, the vocal melody is iconic and wild. (laughs) <laughs> so like, I just high. sounded like like uh, <laughs> little Tim or something. You sounded like um, you sounded like the frog, the WB frog. <laughs> Hold on. It's when the vocals come in, the scary scent. I love it. It's so. <laughs> I love it. I think it's so cool. I can't believe you're afraid of it. I think it's like the, to me, it's, I don't even want to say it's the most interesting. I won't say it's the most interesting part of the song, but I do think that it's like the final spice on top of the song that makes the song so great. I want to say it reminds me of something specific and I've been racking my brain. And of course, like, I, 
I'm sure it's like in a movie or something, like a similar tone. But yeah, I believe that. I could see that as like a cinematic sound effect sort of thing. Next a lot of great someone, UI sound effects. On here. Right? Like they have a future <laughs> career in that. Tell you what. Um. Okay. I think Money by the Drums <laughs> slays ass in a hole. I think it rocks. I feel this song makes me think of you. And I probably have very distinct memories of you singing along to this. So therefore, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> because I hate Carl. Um, yeah. No, no, the song rocks. Oh, Becky, I'm going to take that as a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm what? Self-centered? Okay. <laughs> All right. Track five. Um is a song called Hard to Love. Now, this song, wow. This song reveals a, a lot about uh, Johnny Pierce's self-image and how I'm assuming dating him is probably really, uh, in this era was probably a lot of work. That's unfortunate. Um, <clears throat> and what my evaluation or that that uh, criticism? That, that uh, like those were the two th- the same two things I just listed. I was like, Any, this in general, <laughs> this is just a complicated song because it's god tier relatable, but this it's like song sad. makes me say to myself. It's time to go back to therapy. (laughs) This is a therapy anthem. Wow, yes. Oh, man. Um, God, I mean, but you say, I don't know how to love. I simply don't understand my life. Wait, that's the next song. That's I don't know how to love. This is hard to love. Hard to love. Shit. Okay. Hard to love is, and I would never hate you, but you're hard to love. Yes, I would okay. never hate you, but you're hard to love. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, both these, this song, this song into the next song is such a one-two punch of just being like, right. dating is hard. Be yes. Like, if you are insecure at all about yourself, it is made harder. You have to like real, it's like such a crazy compromise and like so much work. And on both people's part. And this is, I feel like you write these songs when the work is not equal. Yes. Does that make sense? uh, I wrote down it's about a toxic relationship that you know is toxic, but you're too attached. So you continue on with the relationship, a.k.a. every single one of my past relationships, LOL. But I only see that it's toxic after the fact. Um, (sighs) Also, it's the other person telling me that I'm hard to love because... uh, that's my experience. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, this this song and the next song are both like, they're hard for me to talk about because I almost lose sight of the perspective that the song are, is written from. I feel like it's like, I feel like this is someone, like obviously this is like the one person in the relationship telling the other person that they're fucking up in their toxic relationship. But then I feel like the next song is that other person telling the narrator in this song that they're fucking up. And it's just like such a whirlwind 
of like emotion and blame and just all these horrible things that make you want to die that uh it's it's confusing it's jarring it hurts these songs are beautiful musically which is makes it makes digesting them a little easier in my opinion but yeah they hurt <laughs> the song hurts <laughs> the next song hurts <laughs> We're entering that section of the record where everything hurts. Yeah. Um, do you think that bass is a synth or just like a distorted bass? Bom, 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 bom. This to me feels like synth bass for sure. It has okay. like analog synth tones to it. Yeah, the chorus leads me to believe that it's a synth. Yeah. This song is like... Uh, this song kind of reminds me of like... Um, how Come You Don't Want Me Now by Tegan and Sarah off of Heartthrob. It has, like, the same, like, fun analog synth bounciness to it, mm. um, even though it's, like, a heartbreaking song. Yeah. I, that's my favorite genre of music is, like, fun, bouncy synth that's, like, a song about wanting to die. Like, that yeah. is so that's your incredibly brand. my shit. That's my brand as fuck, as heaven and hell and fucking balls. Um, I think this song rocks. Another where he... Another song where he is just like not saying words, but just doing like a little vocal melody a lot of the time. That's this song, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love that part. Uh, this song rocks. But you're hard to love. This the British voice is on hardcore in the song. The fake yeah. British accent. He's from New York? I think so. I know the lore is that him and Jacob met like at a camp in Florida. I don't know if he's originally from Florida, but I know that he's lived in New York and LA since. And when I say he, we talk, we're talking about Johnny Pierce, the front man. Yeah. Um, are there any lyrics on this song particularly you love? The bed imagery is so relatable. The second verse, and I don't know why after all this time every single song I sing is about you and you mm. walk away, you just walk away, but I still make your bed and mm-hmm. you still leave me for dead. Oh, Relate. Bitch. Relate. Bang my head against the wall. God, this yes. is like so, this, this song is about me and just like giving so much to another person and getting nothing in return. Yeah. Again, this is the the this is the real part of the record where it all starts to hurt. So I'm gonna say this song rocks. Song rocks. Becca's hands were her head was just in her hands. She revealed that her verdict was rocks while truly going through it. Okay. Track six is a song called I Don't Know How to Love. We just talked a little bit about it. Because by I... proxy. <laughs> Um, okay, this song for real when makes you're me... alone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, you. you also just looked like a Pokemon doing that. Like <laughs> my mouth was like completely round. <laughs> I don't know what Pokemon though. Um <laughs> <laughs> like Golbat or something. I don't know. I want to say it looks like a turnip or something. <laughs> okay, well, we'll troubleshoot what Pokemon I just look like later. Um. Okay, this song for real is like, I need to go back to therapy. Um. I said earlier, but you say I don't know how to love. I simply don't understand my life. 
That um, that couplet as the chorus lyrics is just so like that perfectly captures the dismay of like trying really hard in a relationship and it just not working. <sighs> uh, it's also like very symbolic of I think if you grew up with, I feel like your parents have a lot to do with what you interpret. And, and view as air quote love and mm-hmm. when you grew up in a household where that didn't really exist then it's like I don't know how to love because my version of it what I learned that it was is not healthy yeah I can totally totally see that for sure for sure for sure it's like a nature versus nurture sort of thing and like if your nature for like what you observed as a healthy relationship growing up by your legal guardians your parents whoever like you know if that is not if that was not a healthy relationship but that's like what you view as quote-unquote love that is a really complicated thing to kind of unlearn as time goes on um yeah i don't know these songs cut to the core they're so heartbreaking yeah definitely talked about this in therapy before (laughs) now we're doing it on a (laughs) podcast (laughs) now everyone can hear it (laughs) your therapist is like so mad um i just love the idea of someone's therapist being so mad i'm your therapist i'm so mad you're talking about your horrible life on a podcast um i think this song rocks i don't want to dig too much into it without I just, I just don't want to cry on the pod. <laughs> um, okay. I feel like they definitely have a formula for every song that they stick to, and that is to have distorted bass kind of up front in the mix with the single string guitar melody on a higher note string, tambourine, mm-hmm. drums, vocal samples... And then towards the end of the song, they love to fill out the sound. Yes, they their songs move in a way that is instantly recognizable, especially this era for sure. I feel like more so than on any other record, these songs all follow like a really strong formula. Um, but it works in my opinion. Yeah, it does. And then the next song like sort of changes it up. Um, but I think, uh, I don't know how to love rocks. All right, Slay, let's move on. Okay, track seven, Searching for Heaven. We get some beautiful arpeggiated synth sounds that are really fun, really wild, dark sounding, a little hard to follow, um, but in general, just so good, so pretty. And we finally deviate from this formula I just mentioned, which is nice. His vocals sound are so much more intimate here, and they sound really boxy and very filtered. There's, like, no high or low end. Um, Mm -hmm. And when he goes into, we were searching for heaven, and then it goes into, will we dream again? makes you want to cry yeah this record's really dark 
<laughs> and I feel like this record, like this song, like really, if you weren't picking up on that, like if you if you were just absorbing the music and you're like, oh yeah, these songs are great. They're so fun. <laughs> like this is where they're like, okay, well look, let's turn off the dark. Like it is depressing, I promise you. Um, This song to me feels like just like a poem. The like that whole first verse, it feels like poem vibes, don't you think? I don't know anything about poems, but when I read those lines, it feels like a poem. <laughs> Listeners, we're fully suffering. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, my god. I can't meet you tonight. I found the difference between what I wanted it to be and what it will always be. The things I used to feel, I don't feel anymore. The things I used to say, I don't say anymore. I drop my hands down slowly because what I was searching for cannot be found. We were searching for heaven. Will we dream again? (laughs) I will say I have a rule where I abhor songs when they start with the word and, but this Mm -hmm. one, this one gets a pass. (laughs) Neveler's a little blanky. (laughs) Okay, stop it. Uh, Feet get cold. The song of slays. I love this song. Yeah, let's move on before I start crying. The song rocks, but okay. like not really, but like it does. And musically, it is not a rock song in any way, shape, or form. But God, it rocks. Oh my! God. Okay, track eight. Please don't leave. You told me how the world will end, and I believed you. Okay, this song, this song is boring. I feel like this album could do without this song. Um, It just feels really predictable. Um, I feel like the refrain kind of saves it a little bit. Um, the refrain is in the pre-chorus or the chorus. What are we talking about? The uh, or the thing at the end that I won't let end. go. No, I won't let yeah. go. Oh, I won't let go. Yeah. Yeah, and um, that to me is the most interesting part of the song. I agree. Yeah. Uh, and I always thought he was singing. We were making love. Not really. It sounds like he's <laughs> saying we were making love. Not where will I go at. All girl, what? You got ten years of misheard lyrics on this record. That is fun. I always knew where will I go because it's like the song has desperation vibes, which is like I know we've been talking about a lot of like horrible abysmal feelings lyrically, abysmal but I don't thoughts. feel like any of those songs. Yeah, abysmal thoughts. Literally, when he like announced he was like my new record's called Abysmal Thoughts, I was like, oh my god, abysmal is my favorite word I've been using my whole life. I like it's just another one of those like kismet moments where I'm like, this man and I, we are functioning on a similar wavelength. But I will say this song is the first one that feels like desperate, which is like its own vibe, and I think mm-hmm. that this song does a really good job of capturing that. I will say that given the iconic slew of songs leading up to this. This one doesn't shine as bright to me, but I don't think there's a single bad song on this record. So ultimately this song rocks. I think this song is fine. Okay, slay. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. All right, track nine is a song called If He Likes It, Let Him Do It. Um, The chorus saves this 
again. Really? You think so? Um, we get more sci-fi wonky sense here, which is, you know, all I want. This is where I was like, how do you think he writes these songs? <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do. Um, wait, where, if he likes it, let him do it. Uh, where does he go? Do, 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 do. In this song? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I love that. In my notes, it just says do 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 do. That to me feels like the part where it's like, if he was demoing this all vocals, like reply all style, it would be like, we're just going to leave that the way it is. I love this song. This song to me, like, as a gay, as a gay man, this song to me was like one of the first times I feel I felt like I could like really read really homosexual um I could really read between the homosexual lines of this man's songwriting. Oh man. You know, like if he likes butt stuff, let him do butt stuff. This is like That's not strictly a homosexual thing, but this is just me being like people who tend to be really judgy about other people and I'm just like if he likes it let him do it it's not hurting okay, so anyone <laughs> I love your anti-judgment your no judgment anthem if he likes it let him do it by the drums um I think that this song is cool because it is in a yucky key. It's like a yucky sounding song. <laughs> yucky. <laughs> it's really that yucky reminds sounding. me the other night I was like trying to go to sleep, was half asleep, and I in my head popped like a really great guitar melody. And so I pulled out like my voice memo. Yeah, are you gonna play it? Let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that the cutest, funniest thing ever? Because I was half asleep in bed and like whispering. (laughs) Compare like that's like my version versus like what Johnny Pierce (laughs) does. Becca's version of it goes <laughs> Listeners, don't you dare steal her song. That song is gonna chart in 2021. Okay, wow. Um <laughs> I don't even know how to sum this up anymore. That's I'm so I Oh, that was so good. I'll send it to um, you I think so this... you can turn it into a song. <laughs> well, I'm gonna let you work on it a little first, and then if you give up, I'll take it. I tried transcribing it on guitar, and I couldn't because I don't think those are actual <laughs> notes that I'm singing. I think the first three notes are the same note. <laughs> Okay, I digress. I think this song rocks. Uh, reading in between the homosexual lines, this song absolutely slays. 
Yes, y'all. Uh, yeah, she almost yes queened. Wow. Okay, I could feel it coming. Okay, track <laughs> ten. Okay, I need to get serious for a second because this literally, Becca. I kid you not. This is my favorite drum song. It's a song called "I Need a Doctor." Why is it your favorite? It's hard to even fully explain. I think. Um, I think this song just does, this song has so many cool ideas and they're all like musically. I think it has so many cool ideas musically, but then I also think the lyrics are just so, um, they're so relatable. They paint a beautiful, (laughs) they, yeah, they're good. They paint amazing setting and scene. It's just like, it's it's like the kind of storytelling, what? I was going to say, you would like this song. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, specifically the line, and when you fell asleep, I threw a tambourine at your face. It feels very Carl to me. Okay. Oh, so are you speaking as someone who has maybe had a tambourine thrown at your face by one Carl Keown? Is that in your burn book, Becca? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you've ever thrown a tambourine at my face, but who knows? I was just, I was just recently reminded of the time that you were uh, washing your hair uh, at my house, and I put all that purple dye in it. <laughs> Carl, that was fucked up. Yeah, that was actually, in retrospect, that was really mean. But at the time, I really didn't think that much of it. I thought it was, like, yeah, kind of cool and you funny. you were laughing, cackling, just having a blast, and I was pissed off. I know, but I think I think ultimately, like, let me explain my case. So I had also been bleaching my hair a lot leading up to that, and I don't think I realized how different our hair texture or, like, health was because I would put that shit in my hair for, like, 10, 20 minutes, wash it out, and it would not do anything. So for the couple seconds it was in your hair, I didn't think it'd be a big deal, but it instantly took to your hair, and <laughs> I'm sorry. Becca had a nice little purple streak in her hair. <laughs> LOL at all the hair colors that I've had since then. Yeah, but wow, at the time, yeah, it was a mean thing to do. Basically, what I'm saying here, listeners, is don't dye your friend's hair without their consent. (laughs) Yeah, without their consent or as a prank. It's a mean thing to do. Um, Rotted, evil, truly manipulative thing to do. Um, But in general, this song is cool. So basically, there's a vocal sample happening the whole time. And like, I remember reading that it's... uh, Johnny Pierce having a man come to his apartment and he's recording the intercom. Yeah. And then they loop it and they basically make it into like a percussive sample. And it's so cool. That's what that is. I was like, I know Carl knows what that is because I remember him (laughs) telling me what it was, but I couldn't remember. It's it's someone saying hello and then someone saying, hey, and it just goes back and forth the whole time. It's so cool. It's just so, this song, oh my God. I like don't, I don't think I can even put into words how much I love this song. It's like one of those things where like, if you're listening and you're unfamiliar with the song or it's been a little while since you've listened to the song, please revisit it. It's so un, it's God tier, in my opinion. I need a doctor, I need a doctor. You know I love you, but I want to kill you. Oh my God. This is um, like goals for me in a relationship uh, because it's like they know I love them, but also understand that I want to kill them sometimes. But also, I don't want to feel like they torture or ruin me 
like I like to be able to be like fuck you and the other person not to get offended or mad at me for saying that you know what I mean yeah I think that love (laughs) and hate can coexist in the same relationship you know in like a cute fun playful way exactly oh just I I'm I'm like reading the lyrics and I just want to read them all out loud because they're so good. Do it while I um, play it because there is another do-do-do-do that I have written down going on behind him in the chorus, but I can't think do, of it. Do-do-do-do, do-do-do-do, and then it goes do-do-do-do, it goes up oh. when the vocals change, yeah. Gotcha. You know all the doo-doos. I, because I like literally studied this record. This record was, it continues to be one of my favorite things that's ever existed. I think this song fucks. <laughs> Punch a hole through the wall. I literally could. Through that painting. Um, <laughs> my beach painting. I need a doctor. I really do though. Um, the song rocks. <laughs> All right. Wow. Okay, so moving on from my favorite song on the record, we get a little song called In the Cold. It's track 11. Oh, by the way, when I saw them on tour for Abysmal Thoughts, they played I Need a Doctor, and I didn't know that that was, like, in the set for the the tour. And maybe I knew that it was, like, on, like, a couple shows, but I just, like, when they started, I, like, immediately lost my forking mind because I love that song. Okay, anyway, moving on. In the cold, track 11. He just stood there in the cold and he knows he won't see you again. Mm. Another song about every past relationship where the other person is looking for something else while you only want them. It is a cold sounding song. And it's empty, very empty, cold imagery, especially those last synth tones that are like whistling. With that awful sounding guitar. (laughs) <laughs> That's all I have to say. I just did uh, in the cold. I just did there in the cold. I know. I know. I won't see you again. I love this song. But now it's like the world was passing us by, but now it's only you that's passing me by. Yeah, we used to feel like the world was passing us by, but now it's only you that's passing me by over and over and over again. Ugh, ugh. To go from that, like, shared sentiment to feeling alienated and removed from this person that you had camaraderie with or love with is just so... (sighs) Relatable. Relatable songwriter. Which, like, it's amazing how simple the lyrics are in all of these songs but like you re- I don't know like I feel like a lot of these songs if you read the lyrics you'd be like this is dumb or like a fifth grader wrote this but they're not like they're very plain spoken yeah. which I think is like a really gr- I think that's a really cool trait about him where like the lyrics themselves are so like plainly relatable yeah there's no but they're delivered i'm sorry oh no i was just gonna say there's no like uh god what is the word i'm thinking of like highbrow metaphors and like none shit like that you know 
it's there's no jargon there's no lofty imagery it's very much like uh like interpersonal conflict like literally like you journaling like i this is how i feel like i feel bad i am sad i wish my boyfriend didn't leave me (laughs) (laughs) am i unlovable it's like i i think that to take writing like that that's so i hate to repeat myself it's so like plain smoke like plain spoken it's very and like turn it into something that is poetic and beautiful is like such a cool talent it's something i really respect about the songwriting that this band has always done so shout out i think this song rocks ditto all right track 12 closing track how it ended Twelve. are we gonna do the bonus track i don't know the bonus tracks you don't there's there's uh, one on like in my itunes which i'm sure oh what we had yeah Okay, yeah, we can do that one. I know that song. Okay. Whew. Okay. <laughs> uh, wait, do I know that song? It sounds like waves in the beginning. <laughs> oh, but she'll never... Okay, what? No, okay, we'll go back. We'll go... All right. Okay, how it ended. Track 12, the actual closing track on this record. So, this song was weirdly a single. Did you know that? Um, No. It's the second single off the record, I believe. Why can't I think? My stomach is making the most insane noises in this. I'm going to have to edit them all out. Those days when I would sit around with with you. you. There's There's nothing like it. it. Yeah. Um... So do you remember the old the times? times? Those, were, Those the were the only times. The only times. I don't know how it ended. I don't know. The song is really good. I'll always be right here. Um. <laughs> I'm gonna edit all of that out. Uh, no, we're gonna turn it into a cover song, obviously. Um, oh yeah, acapella <laughs> over Zoom. <laughs> really gonna go great. Uh, this is this this is like the summer version of Days. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's kind of Days like. It's like it's like if Days is like you sitting around like sipping tea, being a little bitchy, but also being like, okay, like life goes on. This is more of like you're on the other side of it completely, and you're like, you know what? Like, it's fine. Like maybe I do want to be friends with you one day. Maybe vibes. Mm-hmm. No. Let's have a kiki. Yes. I want to have a kiki. Uh. Kiki. There's more theremin in this. Uh, this vocal melody is actually my favorite on this album. Really? Oh mm-hmm. my god, cool. Speak on that. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. You got so excited. <laughs> Wh- which part, the chorus or just the whole song? Probably the chorus. Mm-hmm. I do it all again, even if it was wrong. Just all of it. All of it, Carl. It's so, I love that you love this song because I also deeply love this song. I think it's like, again, I think it's a weird single, but I think this song is so like good. That, those verse lyrics, the, um, and I could write a thousand more songs about you before this one's done. The next one's, I always thought it was the next one's for you, but I guess it's the next one's begun. 
before this one's done, the next one's big. Yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, they bring back, like, the perfectly placed instruments again. Um, verse 2 offers more variation. The single string guitar is perfect in the chorus. Yeah, this song slays ass and hole. I think it's an amazing closing track, too. you say too. this song slays ass and hole? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I love this song. I don't remember much about the music vid, but there's a music vid. It looks very sepia tone. I was going to say yellow. It's a yellow video. Wait, Is this I'm song yellow it. to me? Is it? Oh, a, a podcast I listen to called 20,000 Hertz. Uh, their latest episode talks about people with synesthesia. Okay. And, uh, like, they talk to several people with it and how some people, instead of, like, seeing color with sound... Uh, sorry, I'm so scatterbrained because <laughs> I'm so excited about this. <laughs> okay, okay, but first, did you know, like, Billie Eilish has synesthesia and also... No. Yeah, she has it and also, um... Lord. Okay. Wow. The pop diva. Yeah. The little pop girls. But That's so exciting. <laughs> they talk to people with it, but instead of seeing color, they like associate like tastes and food or like textures. Okay, like yeah, there's texture several sure. different types, but like I never knew about the food thing. So someone was like, your name tastes like noodles or like feels like noodles in my mouth or like shit like that. Oh, wow. I'm excited to listen to this. I'm scared it'll be like one of those things where like, I'm scared it's going to be like a, like a vocal confirmation of something I've like never been able to express. And then I'm going to just absolutely go off the deep end with this. Uh, this song might be kind of yellow. I don't think I ever really thought about it. Well, this video is just like me hanging out in quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking moody and and wandering. <laughs> looking moody and wandering. I think how it ended rocks. I think it's a great closing track. I think it. Um, I don't know. I want to say that it like kind of buttons up the record in a really great way, but also like I just feel like so much of this is internal conflict that it's like any acknowledgement of the fact that there is hope is. A nice way to button up internal conflict <laughs> records. So, granted, there's a lot of external conflict too, but like I internalize a lot of it personally listening to it. So, yeah. Uh, let's um, remember that listening to this album in 2021 made me decide that I need to move. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay, do we want to do final verdict and then bonus track, or do we want to? Let's do bonus track and then. Okay, have... so I on the internet it's saying there are two bonus tracks. This okay, one, which is blue stripes. I don't know that. No, song. that's like some Amazon shit. Mm, love an exclusive bonus track. Um, what we had is a song that I. I think I bought this as a single. I don't think I bought this as like a bonus track, but I am I do know this song. This song is like it does sound like waves, you're right. I can't not view this as like an evil gay anthem. I Am I uh, crazy? Yeah, that makes sense. 
<laughs> the pronouns of it all makes it seem really like, you know, maybe my bi or questioning or demisexual ex is. I want to cover the song. These... Cover the song. I love this song. The instrumentation's really cool. Yeah, the synth comes in and there's like a whistling. It's so good. Also, just like she'll never have half of what we had. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She'll never. Good luck with this that. When you feel this way, when you feel this way, I'm pointing at the song. When you feel this way about someone, oh my God, it's some of the craziest feelings. But it's, <laughs> Becca's viciously flicking off the camera. Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting headspace to be in. But I like, I like when song, I like when a songwriter is willing to write about it. And I like when they write about it in a way that like it feels relatable. It's really cool. I love this song. It's such a, it's so it's like a, re- a little revenge anthem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what? Oh, I guess can we talk about the album art real quick? We never I feel like we should have oh, done yeah. that at the beginning. I love this image. I love the red the redded out eyes. I think it's so I think it so perfectly sums up uh the vibe here. You are your own inner demon. That's probably him, right? Yeah, I can only assume. Okay, Becca, is there anything else you want to say about the song? I think the song fucking rocks. The song rocks. Uh, maybe I'll cover it soon. Any final thoughts you want to express before we do final verdict? Um, I just... I love this album. And mm-hmm. I love this band. And I feel like their trajectory like, truly makes sense like first album is like okay like and you hear with each album that they are growing with their sound Mm -hmm. and just getting better which i think Mm -hmm. is a rare thing to happen Mm -hmm. um so shout out to that they're still making amazing music i mean at least johnny pierce uh as like yeah. a solo act, I guess, with in collaboration with other artists, but yeah, I mean, I think just to just add a little bit to that, I think there are songs on Brutalism, the last like drums full length, that are like some of the best he's written. They're not my favorite, but they're just so unbelievable. Blip of Joy, oh my god, that song makes me want to run through fucking drywall. It's so good. <laughs> like I just like he's just so talented, and the fact that it's like just him now collaborating with like other musicians and producers and stuff, I think that's a really cool. This just this band has a trajectory that is ultimately relatable. It feels like human beings in a band, like and experiencing like maybe not the best band dynamics, and just continuing to make it work because you like your craft and you work hard at your craft, and I think that that's really cool and commendable. Um, and not every band is going to be fucking the same members from the get to from the get go to the end <laughs> and not every band is going to break up because of some crazy drama like you know it's just it's a relatable trajectory it's yeah, really cool yeah just uh, look at museum mouth oh my god stop it uh, what even is museum mouth anymore remember new gay meet single march thir- march 1st hey remember <laughs> my birthday is february 10th <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, on that note, let's do final verdict. Uh, you ready? Yeah. One, two, three. It rocks. It rocks. 
Oh, we rock so hard. Jeez, uh, Louise. Okay, well, listeners, thanks for tuning in. I'll see you later, baby. Bye, queen. Bye. It Rocks or It Sucks is produced and edited by Becca High and Carl Kuhn. It's mixed and mastered by Becca High. You can follow the pod on Instagram or Twitter at It Rocks or It Sucks. Thanks for listening and feel free to like, follow, rate, review, share, do whatever you want. Bye.